Steven! Steven, 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 Steven! Oh, oh my god, what? There's 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 an insert. There's an insert in the playbill tonight. There's an insert, an insert in the playbill. An insert in the playbill? Yeah. There's, you know, the thing where they like say that, you know, the, the role of this person is being played by something else. Like we're we're doing something different. We sure are. Uh, for your uh, entertainment, appeasement. Enjoyment. Enlightenment. Allotment. Enlightenment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we at From the Top are doing our first crossover episode. Woo! Yeah, we are joined tonight by John Riley uh, with Life is But a Song Pod. Uh, we just thought we would uh, introduce this uh, from your regular scheduled programming. Yes. Uh, next week we will be uh, doing as scheduled the Toxic Avenger. So uh, stay tuned, but uh, happy, happy listening. listening. So have you ever wondered what... The YouTube video Potter's Puppet Pals would be like if it was made into an actual stage musical. It's got to be like Avenue Q mixed with like the RuPaul's Drag Race episode with puppets. Because <laughs> everything's better with puppets. So I'm just imagining now puppets like drag puppets. Like that's what I need now in my life is drag puppets. Yeah. But um, Stephen, in in a very I say this to you. In the spirit of love, or with the with love, compassion, and in the spirit of true sisterhood, f you a little bit for making me watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's actually not all my fault. This is true. So it's your fault. So it's your fault. So it's your fault. So if it's not totally your fault and it's not totally my fault, that's what we have to get into with this tonight. So you know what, Stephen? I think the only thing to do is to take this from, from the, the top. top. From the top, a five, six, seven. Tonight, tonight, there's room for anything. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of From the Top, a musical theater cast and review. My name is Mary. I'm Steven. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, gaties, ladies, babies, however you identify, we have a guest in the booth with us tonight. It's our first crossover show. I'm stoked. This is so great. We have John Riley with us tonight, who is the host of Life's But a Song podcast. John, thank you so much for being with us tonight. I feel personally attacked right now. Why? <laughs> no. With that cold open, blaming me. <laughs> blame you. We we it it was a lot of back and forth. We yeah. were deciding what yeah. should we do? What was gonna be the thing? Yeah. We thought and it this... isn't mine at all. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, we've offended oh, no. the guests. That That's Jeff. the oh, first sorry. guest. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, the very first. <laughs> the inaugural guest. I mean it, I'm it's the oh yes. Dude, where's my champagne? Where's um, my champagne? <laughs> I, you know, I had it delivered. Was it to the wrong address? I'm sorry. I it's a new guy and he just probably drank it. It's fine. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about your show and where it came from and where we can find you. Hi, my name is John, 34, and I'm Aquarius. I like long walks on the beach. Oh my uh, God, yay! We're like twinning. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I love it. So I started podcasting out of, the. it's a pandemic project, basically, and I yeah. sure. started... Uh, I have another podcast called Movie Deja Vu where my co-host Shady and I compare similar movies or what we think are similar movies by creating a verbal Venn diagram <gasps> and 
because while we were doing that and we were both unemployed, I was like, you know what? I really want to start a solo project and talk because uh, we did talk about musical movies on there. But I was sure. like, I wanted to delve deeper. Do I'm liking the podcasting thing. So I started Life's But a Song where um, I it's a biweekly podcast. So that means two episodes a week sure. where um, I bring on different guests, make new podcasting friends, new friends in general. People are like. Uh, I have friends who are like, this person will be great on your podcast. And I'm like, cool, great. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, I'm also a fellow theater employee. I will <gasps> not say where I work on air because okay. I do not want it out in the world. That's, that's right. fair. That's okay. We support that. That's all right. But I do know a lot about theater, so... <laughs> Well, then you're going to be a perfect fit for this show. That is excellent. And um, so naturally, the next question that we have is, what is the show? Up on the marquee as we are walking down that sidewalk, uh, we have decided to do the very first Star Kid production, a very Potter musical. <gasps> yes. yes, a very Potter musical. So, of course, as we know, in this era of life, we have a lot of people who are Potterheads. We have so many people who have like, are they diehard fans? You've got people who are just entering it. And then you've got like the midway people that maybe like only half read the things or half watch the things. They know of Harry Potter, but it's not like their bag. Um, so Dragged to the movies by their significant other. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. I'm sure there are a lot of people who subscribe to that oh yeah so, <laughs> so um, is there anyone that we know that has not seen a harry potter film if uh, they haven't they're a bad millennial that's I what all yeah I'm, thank I'm like, you I yes to come across anyone who hasn't even seen the films just like you know? at least one film like they've yeah. seen i know people who have seen at least one film i mean even like older generations i know they go because of their kids or because of whatever their own interest in it so yeah exactly I feel like it's one of the first film franchises that, or the, I guess not film, but like the, um, a pop culture franchise in general that is crossing generation lines. Cause like, you know, my, of course my, my sister is a huge Potter nerd and she just had, um, a baby girl. And so this girl is going to grow up knowing what this is. I feel like we're about to hit that generation line though, where, you know, we, all of us who listen to our nineties and two thousands music and we're firmly, hello me stuck in this era of life. We're going to come across those kids who don't know what Britney Spears is and it, I'm, it's going to hurt my body when I finally uh, find that person. People are thinking of Britney Spears as we think Madonna. Yes, Ooh. it is true. And it hurts. Oh, I need to lay down after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have Harry Potter up on the marquee. Some people like to imbibe when they go to a show, which is totally fine. And if you don't, that's also totally fine. So tonight I did actually make my version of a butterbeer because we are talking about Harry Potter. So of course, like oh. what what else would you drink other than butterbeer? So we've got um, one and a half ounces of gold schlager cinnamon schnapps, uh, one and a half ounces of vanilla vodka and shaken up uh, and strained and then topped with uh, uh, cream soda. So it's got a little bit of spice, got a little bit of fizz, got that vanilla tone that kind of goes throughout. Um, so I would assume that, you know, because I have not had a legitimate, you know, butterbeer, obviously, but um, if that were the flavor profile, that'd be what I have. So that is our butterbeer for this evening is what I've got. How long did it take you to get that recipe? 
Um, I just kind of put it together on the fly as I was looking at my bar. We actually had, when Steven lived here, we had an entire night where we've got a group of theater people who came over to my house. We did nothing but create cocktails based on shows and songs from shows. And that makes sense why this is a bit in your show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty totally decent. Is. Yeah. You were doing it before it was like the it thing. Hey, I feel like we're taking it from other podcasts too. Other musical theater podcasts always have a cocktail, but I always look at it like, you were doing this before all of them. Yeah. Like we did it before it was like cool. So man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Steven, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the reins, babe. What? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I guess in this, John, welcome to yes. our show. I blindly ask you, if you were to give a synopsis of a very Potter musical, what would that synopsis be in three sentences or less? A musical parody of the Harry Potter world with details from both the novels and the movies, but also potentially inside jokes from the cast at the University of Michigan. I think that's are? correct. Yes. Yep. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's about right. Better than the one on IMDb. Hey-oh. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> right? That was written by yeah. some poor intern that didn't know what was happening. That's fine. That's fine. They yeah. were drinking your butterbeer. Yes, yes. They must have been. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I actually think that's a beautiful synopsis because what it does is it takes four or five different Harry Potter books, mashes them together. And so there's really no, even no way to say this is the plot line because you have to mesh together four different plot lines. John, can you it tell, is. can you tell us, um, cause I know that you know this, which books, um, are contributing to this, the plot line of the show. So I, I looked it up. It is Philosopher's Stone. It's the Goblet of Fire. It's Half-Blood Prince. And it is Deathly Hollows. Awesome. So one, four, six, and seven. Excellent. Nice. I can't wait to get into it to actually talk about it with you guys. But like, how difficult would that be to create a cohesive plot that that strings together four different books that bring them in different eras of their lives? That's a feat to me. And my brain doesn't work like that. So. And then there's also little bits here and there because I believe Ginny goes into Hogwarts in book two, but like, that's not really the main focus right i think that it's supposed to be set in like their second year and in chamber of secrets Jin, that is jenny's first year at hogwarts oh so, sure and they do say that and then there is a moment later on where darren chris is like i'm 12 you know as harry potter but actually that's kind of a flaw he should have been 13 right should have been well I believe I would we say like the majority of this is the Triwizard Tournament, which is Goblet oh, of yeah. Fire. I would say book four is the maybe the main yeah. the yes. plot line because the, yeah. the Triwizard Tournament's happening and everything else is happening around that. Right. And then in Act Two, when they introduce the Horcruxes. Yes. And also Port Port Keys were introduced in book four, I do believe. So and that's like so. right at the beginning. Yeah. Where they're like, what is a port key? What is foreshadowing? Mm. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there are so many good campy moments in this show Ugh, it's delightful so as we can see a plot breakdown is almost hard but yeah i think most of the world as we know pretty much knows harry potter to some extent yeah our call sheet <laughs> uh <laughs> there are any and all 
Harry yeah. Potter characters. So I'm just going to rally these off. I'm not even going to get into who these people are. Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, Hermione Granger, Ginny Weasley, Draco Malfoy, Lord Voldemort, Albus Dumbledore, Quirus, Qui- wait, Qui- Quirinus? Quirinus. Quirrell. <laughs> I don't know. Severus Snape, Bellatrix Lestrange, Cedric Diggory, Cornelius Fudge, uh, Cho Chang, Neville Longbottom, Vincent Crabb, Lavender Brown, Gregory Goyle, Pansy Parkinson, and Molly Weasley. Lovely lovely appearance at the end to kill Bellatrix. So uh, John- that is from book seven. Yes. <laughs> John, do you stay, know how many... Stay from Majority, you bitch. That's what? right. Yes. How many actors, like, double-played roles? Because, I mean, there's I know two. that you, There's two of them? Uh, I see okay. two. Yeah. There's two. Because okay. after Cedric Degree dies, spoiler alert, but, like... No. Oh, my God, you ruined it. Oh, he no. Got, he got, he comes back in act two as Cornelius Fudge, the one actor, the one character that's like, I don't believe that he's back, even though I'm watching his YouTube video and he's right in front of me. I don't believe Voldemort is alive, which is basically what Fudge does in the exactly, yeah, right. in the franchise. Pansy Parkinson has like a line, and then she turns into Molly Weasley at the end of the show. Overall, with this show, what what is the overall like impressions we get of this show overall do we think this is something worth maybe showing to others is this something we want i think it is i mean i know i asked you guys this on my podcast yeah, yeah. Where, where it was like would you introduce this to other people and i'm like yeah i think i would be like listen i know it's, it's gonna be rough but like it, <laughs> i will i will call this star kid production season one yeah i like yeah, it yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the season one of a show of a TV show is always rough. And you're finding out what works. Right. So maybe if we were there live watching it, it would be more entertaining than watching it on YouTube because they are figuring out cameras, where the camera needs to go, who needs to be highlighted. It's a little difficult. As a show, I think it's pretty sound. Well, there's, you know, yeah, we're going to get into, there are some some fun factoids that uh, we actually learned on uh, on John's show that uh, will kind of lead it leads a little bit to the reason why this feels a little bit disjointed, but um, I said it earlier that I think that if, if you have a Potter nerd in your life that you know would appreciate this, like show it to them because they'll get the jokes, they'll appreciate the camp. I mean, to the yeah, to the Potterheads in your life, absolutely, they'll just get they'll get a freaking kick out of it for sure. Any shout out performances you have for this particular production of the OG 2009 Star Kid University of Michigan cast? Draco, shout. Lauren oh, Lopez, one. yes, yeah. that like snaps. A hundred, yeah. a hundred. The the fact that she decided or i don't know who decided this but like a lot of her lines are said on the floor while she's rolling around <laughs> like a cat like that is hilarious and you know i uh, kept trying to be like why is this happening what what's going on but then i kept trying to figure out maybe draco uh he never does that in the space. movies yeah never but, oh takes up, takes space, up yes. space takes up that emotional space takes yeah. up that like physical space yeah and just like I can get away with anything. Watch me roll on the floor and I'm still going to get my way or whatever. So I thought maybe this isn't so stupid. This is maybe just white boy culture. I don't yes. know. And of course they cast the shortest person in the cast to play Draco. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. So, but I mean, like, I feel like everyone has like a great perf- delivery of like some humor, which is hard. We know sure. comedy yeah. is hard. Like they're all great in their own respects, but I sure. feel like Draco steals the show for me. Totes. Yeah, I would 
100% agree with that. Yeah. Any, any any other characters for you, Mary? Anyone that's like, oh, yeah, that. Oh, man. I think the only other person I would probably shout out would be Voldemort. Is it Joe Walker? Is that who it? But I mean, he was he was not only committed to the to the role itself. He had this beautiful kind of mix of both like serious and not sarcasm, but like, um, you know, uh, parody. Yeah, Joseph Walker, you were correct. Oh, I was. Wrong. Oh, correct. my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. That's my other standout performance is uh, he was definitely a pillar of that show for me. Yes, because, I mean, not only did he have to do a voice the whole time. Yeah. The moments when he's being goofy, it's just great yeah it's, great. it's just it's heartwarming for for a for an evil character it was he was pretty good i really can only agree with both of those because i i think everyone else was pretty pretty standard for what i would expect in that role but those two definitely stood out for me oh you well, know what snape. i'm gonna shut a snape snape too snape too uh, yeah and i would say he made his acting choices as we said in your podcast and he stuck with them the whole time and yeah. they were great choices but I'm also going to give the tiniest shout out to Cedric Diggory. I think he uh, ah. definitely was cast perfectly. Yeah, so. I'd say that yes. too. Honorable mention for sure. I guess there's nowhere else to start, but from the beginning, from the very beginning. That will bring us back to dough. So dough. So where do we begin? Well. <laughs> uh, let, hair flip let me tell you where we freaking start i was gonna open this up john i know you have maybe some inside stuff about maybe starkin productions or anything that maybe you would like to add but i sort of have some weird quippy things maybe i learned and picked up about the show but i would love to open it up if you had any interesting facts or things you know about this show uh to to maybe open this up if you if you would like well starkid got their name from this show from a line in the show actually where mm-hmm. draco calls harry potter you know starkid potter and so from there on it's history so on on my show steven mentioned that the reason why this show is so long is because they never prior to opening uh, night they never ran through the entire show yeah. so the, it's it, two hours and 45 minutes with things that like we all agreed could have been like trimmed or cut entirely but sure. like it was still a fun ride i mean oh totally to your actor brain to your stage manager brain knowing that they didn't go through a rehearsal before they put this show on that is an actor's nightmare for me a hundred percent true actor's nightmare i can't even i can't even fathom i've uh-huh. only been in one previous production that has done that on necessity because we couldn't get our shit together and it, <laughs> right and i uh, I've witnessed a final dress that they couldn't finish. So <gasps> no. Do you do you do you want to know that maybe you could cut it out or bleep it? Oh out my god! Tell a story. Sure. So I was a sure. on <gasps> and the invited okay. dress and the invited dress rehearsal. I went and they didn't finish the show. They had to leave because they were running into overtime for musicians. I believe it was no. So. I have one more fact about this show. Um, Allegedly, the only reason why Joey Richter was cast as Ron Weasley is because he found like a ginger wig in a in a 
I, I don't know if it was their like costume storage or in a in, a, in like a party city or whatever, uh-huh. and people were like, "You, you're Ron." I mean, it is wild. Well, to be honest, that would actually make, make sense. Give reason why I don't enjoy his performance as Ron. <laughs> Yeah, hot that's thought. Hot First thoughts tonight. I love it. <laughs> well, I guess kind of jumping off all of those, then the I I just sort of have some interesting facts or things I decided to maybe look up a little bit more in depth as I was watching this this show. Um, the so kind of jumping off that, yes, they didn't end up running this show in its entirety until opening night when there was an audience sitting in front of them, <gasps> which boggles my mind. It gives it makes me want to throw up. Um, and then to their chagrin it was three hours long uh so they (laughs) understood they needed to tighten up as as it went uh but also kind of along with this three-hour opening night they didn't have a script they didn't have songs they didn't have anything when they initially auditioned this show oh that makes sense wow Okay. It totally feels like it's been, it was a devised show. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who was cast was pretty much cast based on typecast or like, oh, you're involved in the show in this way. We're going to give you this role. Sure. (laughs) I believe that. I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, Darren Chris was not good as Harry Potter in this. He wrote the music for it. So that he was going to be cast as something no matter what. Correct. I mean, kind of hairy. So I get it. But uh, still, I don't know. I think his boy energy uh, on this was like perfect. It was. It was. Yes. Oh my God. Hashtag boy energy. <laughs> <laughs> but then speaking on that level, Hermione, the person who played Hermione, Bonnie Grusin, she was very much typecast on the show. She hates improv. Oh. So she hated having to work with a lot of these people. No. So. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so a lot, of Harry, a lot of Harry's lines ended up being ad-libbed because Darren couldn't remember all of it because of the way that they were rehearsing this. Also, Dumbledore's lines were pretty much all ad-libbed or improv on the spot because he kind of was that guy that was just like, oh, I'll get it. I'll get it on opening night. I'll <gasps> just, I'll, I'll say he was that, oh, we'll get it once we perform. I'm sorry, well, yeah, but- there is even a- there is even a moment. Wait, was it him or was it Voldemort where they mess up somebody's name? And then the character is like, no, my, I think it was, I think it was. Oh, it's, it's literally the first scene with him in class when they all get there and they're about to be sorted. And he looks, oh, he, he misgenders. Yes. Well, they kind of made it into a bit where like, I think, I think it was Dumbledore kept using the wrong name for Malfoy. Yeah. Mallory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ma- yeah. M- McFly or Melfi or something <laughs> yeah. else. It was like clearly wrong. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I was just like, I'm sorry, but anybody who says I'll get it on opening night, yeah, I, I am not afraid to say that I will stab those people. Oh, no. Stab. I will be like, can Dead. we get a recast? Yeah. Please immediately recast. right <laughs> now. I mean, it, it'll be, it's one thing when it's Dead. like, I don't have the sentence correct. But yeah. like, like I have, I have the right meaning. I may not be saying the right words. I'll get it opening night where you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Still like, cocking an eyebrow at that. Still going, are you sure well, about you that? 
well, don't stab them. Maybe maybe punch them in the arm? Yes, I'll punch you like, in the arm. Yes. I'm very much a person that lives in that realm of the writer had an intent the way that the sentence was structured and the words used. Yeah. So I really do like to be true to script in all ways. So if the script was written a certain way, I like to stay true to that. Being on the other side of actors like that all the time, it does grind my gears a little bit. I, I just go like, I'm yeah. waiting for a certain thing to know that this is my line. Are you done yet? Could, it, could I have a strong flex right now? For <gasps> sure. Flex, do it. I'm going to flex. So on my podcast, uh-huh, uh-huh. I had, <laughs> I had um, Jamin Bartlett, come on, D. Bartlett, who re- originated the role, I forget the character's name, in A Little Night Music, the one that's oh. the Miller's son. <gasps> oh. Yes. And on my podcast, she admitted that she didn't know the words, so she sometimes had to write it on her palm. <gasps> yep. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> so it'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like, I might actually give her a pass in this. Sondheim ain't easy. If we're, go- we're going on this tangent yeah, about yeah, 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 knowing yeah. the words, like not get- uh, getting married today is also like the hardest oh. song I want to say ever. Oh my God. No, Sondheim <laughs> is not a walk in the park. Sondheim is like, but I, I'm sorry. That kind of scares me. Cause like I'm a person that sweats really bad. So like, it would be that thing where I'd like pass my hand in front of my face and it would be nothing but a black blur. And I'd be like, da, 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 da. well, I think <laughs> she just wrote like the first word of the line. Sure. Oh my yeah, god! Really good trigger word. word, yeah. Right, yeah. and that song was cut from the movie, which is terrible. What? I believe. Oh yeah. Boo. No, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because that character was like diminished because yeah. of Elizabeth Taylor. Oh boo! Send in those clowns. As far as like more origin like Granger Danger was the inspiration for this show uh it was an inside joke amongst the writers they started really sort of fleshing out they made an entire song called Granger Danger just among themselves um and then it became sort of funny uh and this show grew from that um but yeah so then they decided that it could be funny that Draco would of course be in love with Hermione because he's truly uh, dogging her the entire time, calling her a mudblood. Oh. As opposed to pure blood. But, you know, I think maybe it was a little bit overlooked. The racist ideation maybe Malfoy has of pure blood versus mudblood, you know? But... But that's overlooked because in a campy fun musical, you need it to be a simple storyline. Yeah, of course. Mm. Uh, Maybe the only other sort of fun thing I had they said something funny about this and I only thought it because there was that reference to oh my Rowling as opposed to oh my god mm-hmm. where I, I suddenly thought of she's the god of this world so of course that's funny funny yeah so I don't ship Rowling but I did want this made me think of this and in, in how she authored this. Um, there's that rumor that always circulates that she was like sitting down in a pub and she wrote like the first chapter or the first story like on napkins. Sure. Looked right. it up. This did not happen. This is a complete myth. It did not happen. Well, she's a turf, so off correct yes (laughs) (laughs) i think that's that's kind of a fabulous segue into you know i mean usually on this show i am the one that has no experience with this and i mean i just you know it nat it comes naturally that i steven will propose a show and i'm like yeah that's cool i don't know what the show is okay that's great so um john will you kind of give us a little bit of um 
What is your experience either with this show or if you want to do Star Kid, Star Kid Productions, like in general? Um, you know, how did you first hear about it? And, you know, what? Yeah. What's your experience with them? Yeah. So, even Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter. So, yeah. Oh, go broad. I don't remember my introduction to Harry Potter as the books. I think it was just recommended that I read it. Sure. And then I just sure. kept reading it and watching the movies. But Star Kid, I can't remember which was the first show I watched. I believe it's Firebringer because that's the one that I listened to the cast album on repeat and then bouncing around because all their stuff is on YouTube. So sure. like you can watch anything. I didn't say this on my podcast. So this is an exclusive for your <gasps> podcast. Ooh. Uh, a few years ago, before their 10th anniversary, they were doing a Kickstarter campaign because that's a lot a lot of what they do, StarKid. They, they yes. are purely online theater entertainment, blah, 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 where they are for the people, delivering to the people and everything. Granted, there might be like some sort of like a couple of days delay so they can edit and everything. Sure. So I was one of their backers for their 10th anniversary Kickstarter campaign. Oh, cool. I actually got a letter from Pig Farts. Oh, oh my no God, no way. way. <laughs> That's so cute. I totally forgot about this when we were recording my podcast. So oh I was just like, let God. me bring it up here. That's um, so I, fun. They also put me into a house at Pig Farts. Oh, no. Um, I am in the poppycock house. Okay. Um, it's house of the brainy and awkward. So does that equate Love to Hufflepuff this. or Ravenclaw? I believe it's Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Okay. All right. Because... Like the description is, give me your lunch money, nerd. You're in Poppycock, the house of geeks, dweebs, and dorks. Okay. And and I did do the Pottermore quiz, and I am a Hufflepuff. <gasps> are you a Hufflepuff? Okay. Well, I now I gotta know. Okay, so John's a Hufflepuff. Stephen, what are you? Slytherin. Excellent. I am a Slytherin as well, and my husband is a Ravenclaw. So we, I think in my immediate friend group, I don't have anybody who is Gryffindor. I'm pretty sure everybody is either <laughs> Ravenclaw, Slytherin, or a Puff. Because the Slyth apparently the the lore, or not lore, but I guess maybe among Potter fans, like Slytherins and Hufflepuffs find each other because yeah, the Slytherins take care of the Puffs. Yeah. And I find it funny that a Ravenclaw found a Slytherin. Like it's, it's wild to me. And the Hufflepuffs, uh, uh, the dormitory is right by the kitchen. So we find where the food is. <gasps> there we go. I could Grubhub like no other. Oh man, I wish we had Grubhub where I live. God, I <laughs> welcome I am... to Montana where they just got Lyft like three years ago. Yeah, I'm I so have sorry. DoorDash and only barely on certain nights, so <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Well, I love Wait. the fact that you have a pig farts letter. That makes me my heart really happy. I love that. I That's got accepted hilarious. to pig farts where. Uh, below, so in the, it says below is a list of equipment required to attend our school. If you can't afford these items, might we suggest having dead wealthy parents to leave you a fortune in an order? <laughs> oh first, first year farts, first year farts will need a spacesuit to be worn at all times, or you will die. <gasps> a rocket ship, a phaser with at least two settings stunned suggested and kill mandatory <laughs> and a screwdriver sonic or similar <gasps> oh my gosh of course they would bring in doctor who of course they would. why wouldn't we do that let's cross all the platforms my god uh, that's fun Farts may also bring, if they desire, an alien zygote or a cat or a baby Yoda. Oh my yes. God. 
All right, so John, which would you pick then for your familiar? What who what would you take if you because you're going to the school? So I like what are, what are you bringing? If the baby Yoda can teach me how to use the Force, I'm taking it. I That's like it. Cute. I like it. That's adorable. Just so this way, I don't have I could steal back my lunch money. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah! Protect your lunch money. That's amazing. So my I mean my experience with Harry Potter. My mother actually used to because my birthday's in November, and so like my birthday would fall around the release of the new movie every year I remember the first three movies were on my birthday and so we did that and then I kind of fell out of it and then came back into it in college that's what I remember so then college was like you know my friends that would do like the movie marathons and then of course like I you know I married a Potterhead and so then I kind of got more integrated there and my sister became was like a is a huge Potter nerd and so like I've done the Pottermore quiz I know where my house is like if I want you know kitschy stuff like I'll buy it but like I'm very kind of periphery uh, birthday association, but I not. find it so funny that if you legit had birthdays surrounding Harry Potter, that you're not more of a Potter, like in your formative years. That's I know. Really funny. I know. I, it, it's nice though that your birthday is around Harry Potter movie time because my birthday is in February. You want to know what we had? Fifty Shades. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> So every year around my birthday, my best friend and I would go see a Fifty Shade movie when it was like coming out in theaters. That's the kind of a was, cool tradition, well, though. The first, like... one was, the first one was a joke, and then the other two, I was just like, "We gotta finish it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Stephen, yeah, what about happened. you? What's your what's your integration with Harry Potter? I kind of dropped it on Life's But a Song. Uh, my first initial instance with Harry Potter was by going to the library probably to pick up a Shirley Temple movie as I've stated many a time yep. uh, and I passed by the table with like new releases and it was the Chamber of Secrets and I picked it up and I went what is this so I read the back and thought oh this is kind of fun could be cool and I took that up to the the librarian checking stuff out and she said oh I can't keep this this book in like it's everyone's <laughs> taking it and sure. I went oh okay not thinking anything of it little to my knowledge it wasn't the first book called me chaotic evil I literally read the Harry Potter books out of sequence the entirety of its <laughs> um, although on the upside your introduction to Harry Potter was at least book two. It wasn't like I yeah. started with book five. So much has happened. So much. Yeah. <laughs> I identified with him or Harry specifically because I was around his age. I had glasses and I have a forehead scar. So I went, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. The books take place in the 90s, which is interesting because like a very Potter musical doesn't touch upon that. Not it's even set. a little bit, actually, now that you mentioned no. that. Yeah. They mentioned that they're 12 and they're clearly in their 20s. But like, I mean, that's yeah, it. Yes. yeah, it's fine. Because ne- neither do the movies. The movies don't mention. Mm-mm. A year. Because in the books, like, they don't wear jeans and t-shirts when they're not at Hogwarts. They still wear robes. Yeah. Like, they still wear wizarding garb. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that, like, in the movies, they're like, you know what? You guys are just going to be, like, cool 2000s kids. Yeah. We're going to go to H&M or or ASOS (laughs) or wherever. (laughs) And we're just going to shop and put you together. And then only when you're going to class, you're wearing your uniform with the robe. And you're just like, I wanted to see these. Uh, This kind of goes really nice into what are the weak points of this? You know, what makes 
Harry Potter or this, you know, show a very Potter musical, like what's a weak point for you? What are the weak sides of this show that you, that you have? I think there's too much. They, t- they took on too much, which if, if they again had a moment to do a run through or like maybe had a professor help them out to like streamline uh, the script. <laughs> sure. Yes. You start with the Triwizard tournament and you end with Horcruxes. I was just like, you guys, you guys. It's so much material to guys. cover. <laughs> yeah. Guys. I can't remember the sequel shows off the top of my head, but I feel like they were still chaotic, but not as much. Sure. Yeah. But I, I got to say, though, one of the uh, one of the strengths, I think, of the show is that the show, they know what they're doing. Like they, yeah. they know that they're college kids. They probably had like three dollars and a handshake as a as their budget. <laughs> So yeah, that just spoke to my heart, John. That pierced it right there. We've all been there. We've all had that show where you're like, your budget is, well, I got $5 in my wallet and then whatever else you want to spend, that's your budget. That's about (laughs) it. Oh, wow. They must've had access to like their theater prop and costume shops. Sure. Like, so they, they could have saved money that way. But like the, the Zec Efron poster, man, (laughs) The Zephron poster. The Zephron. Zephron. Yeah. Zephron poster. Like, well, Mary, you could probably test this more than I can because I think the first time I watched it, I didn't expect it to be a Horcrux. No. And like the gag of them opening the face and having them <laughs> stick it through. Yes. I literally, that entire moment of like, so the, for those of you who have not seen this, you know, the, like uh, Ron has the, you know, the, the sword of Godric Gryffindor and he is like there, you know, in the lore, it's, that's the only thing that will be able to destroy a Horcrux. And, and in Dumbledore's office, he has a poster of Zac Efron that they say Zephron and, and Hermione opens the face and puts her face through it. And it's supposed to be like this moment of tapping into Ron's insecurity about like all these things and like you can't be with me because I'm gonna be with Harry and like meh, meh, meh. it was a great sight gag for sure to to have and of, of course his sword is like a nerf sword and so he's like beating it and he bends the swords and he tries to bend it back and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> they, get, they went to they definitely went to the local Walmart Walmart to get that oh like, yes absolutely it also kind of brought me back to college in a way where I was just like oh, you know sure. what this is this is fun. Like, I know that you're yeah. all in college. I've seen shows like this when I was in college, sure. you know, where my friends were doing things <laughs> like it was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and that I think kind of leads into what my weak point is, is that this feels so much like a college production. It like it is just permeated with college culture in every essence and in every line and so it just feels uh I, we said it in your podcast that it just feels inside jokey mm-hmm. to the max i i believe i said it looks it feels like family guy jokes in a harry potter shell and sure. it, it just can't go past that but i just have issues with shows that do that regardless so it was just something i had to get over very quickly with this show yeah um what how about like what are the really great things with this show we we said it earlier some of them made very strong choices that were fantastic yes. so like lauren sure. and uh joe um and a bunch of the other actors, like the, everyone actually made a very strong choice that they stuck to it, Yeah, which 
helped with their caricature as well as for people who know the world be like oh my god this is a great layer added to this character sure like Dumbledore is from Jersey like what (laughs) it was such a strange (laughs) choice but it was kind of wonderful I also love the fact that his beard is like under his chin thank you right and it's like a collar on his neck (laughs) but then when he's in disguise he wears a fake black beard like where it's supposed to be like that's so funny (laughs) yeah it's funny a beard on top of a beard it was beardception my strong point isn't really about uh, this this might be a a deviation it's not really about the show in particular like specifically it's about the cast that brought it together and I think the strongest point for me was the chemistry between all of your actors personally I feel like that can make or break a show is if you have poor chemistry you won't be able to tell the story and especially with this show in particular because it is so campy and it's it's a parody of a very well loved and um, kind of well known material your cast had to absolutely commit to the world from the second they walked on stage and this cast absolutely did that and they embraced the the quirkiness of the things they embraced the serious moments when they were there that was the most believable thing for me was them and I really enjoyed that because if you, if they didn't have that chemistry I don't think the show would have been as you know as well done as it was yeah and, and to piggyback in a way like to finding out that some of the actors improv i mean you can kind of tell that there's some sort of improv happening oh totally like you need to build that trust with each other totally i'll i'll almost like double negative myself here i think the negative point is that it feels like a college production but it's also kind of amazing this was their first yeah sure absolutely i think that's a great point like they were able to do it they were able to bring it it's that double-edged sword in a way where like oh y'all turned it out you did it and it was great but then i think we also see the bad points with it too sure yeah any favorite lines or anything that stuck out any fun moments like that just anything draco said yes (laughs) yeah great i really laughed out loud at the end when Neville is reading uh, Dumbledore's will and he says, Toontown will go to the tunes. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to shout out who framed Roger Rabbit. You do. Right. Absolutely. I mean, like, I think it's also great that the moments when they're not referencing Harry Potter, I guess all, all in all, because like they have that. Um, Goyle makes the old Goyle rules. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of Ron's entrances are from Seinfeld, like whenever Kramer would enter. The, uh, <laughs> right. um, so like whenever a lot of the humor when it wasn't based in the Harry Potter world, I feel like was also was really funny because yeah. it's not what you expect. Sure. No, correct. Yeah. And I think that's why I call it the family guy. Of it. it has nothing to do with it. But yet yes. I'm rolling. So, yeah, absolutely. That, that was funny. I really I, again, I just that scarf of sexual preference was hilarious. <laughs> right. Oh and then God. introducing pig farts like. Yeah, totally. Farts. How about any favorite musical numbers? Anything that sticks out in your mind that is like, oh, that song. That was a great performance. I really did like Not Alone, where it's the okay. four of them at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also the, is it Missing You? I think it's Missing You. That Harry and Quirrell sing. Yes, where, the duet that's oh, yeah. on stage. Oh. Yeah. That's they, right. Th- I think you Missing know, You had some really good also like harmonies happening between the two of them. Totally. Yes. I really did enjoy um, how... <laughs> 
I kind of loved how much Lord Voldemort was in this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just in like. Yeah, no, but really, though. <laughs> it was an interesting story journey they went on, but then also using the vehicle of Quirrell's back. Yes. And then eventually him, him getting severed uh, was fun. And then I have to absolutely shout out uh, to Dance Again, which was the tap number yes. of yes. the show. So it was really, well, really good. Well, let's put taps in quotes. Taps it, in quotes, because it wasn't really well, tapping, but it was, it was they tapping. were tapping. <laughs> yes. they. He wore tap shoes for sure. Oh, yes. Under their shoes. That we, is about what yes. I think I heard a flap, so... I'm not even sure I saw a flap. <laughs> I think I heard one. Not sure if I saw it. I, I think it was one. accidental. There was actually somebody backstage with the tap shoes on their hands that they were doing all the taps back there. Yes. So you might have heard the flap, but you may not have seen it. Any songs you would have cut? I don't think so. I'm questioning the need for the dragon song. Okay. Is there a different way he could have approached it? I think they were also just like, we haven't had a song in a while. One here. <laughs> That's sometimes, sometimes that happens. <laughs> but like, wait, wait, wait. That might, I think that's also a reference to the Goblet of Fire oh. where I think Cedric, one of them used music to lull their dragon to sleep in order for them to get the egg. And I can't remember if it was... Mm. You Cedric might right. or Fleur. So I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was Fleur. Now that you say that, but I, but I yeah. can't. I mean, I can't remember. But yeah, that you that is a tie-in back to the for sure. Yeah, yeah, I could see them make maybe making a different song sure. or like he. It's like they took the scene that they needed, turned it into a song, which in a musical is what you do. Yeah, <laughs> but, totally. So I, I don't know. I just looked at it and went, he's just pulling out his guitar and singing something again. And so okay, <laughs> fine. We're, we're not sure. You know what it should have been? So, are you ready for this one? Oh, hit in, me. In Diana the Musical. <laughs> there oh, is, yeah. There is a song that the ensemble sings about Diana when she's dancing for Prince Charles. Yes. But maybe that's what it should have been, where it's the ensemble talking about, singing about how Harry is fighting the dragon. Actually, no, I think like a uh, breaking, giving Darren Chris a break <laughs> in that moment could have been good. Yeah, that's and probably a good thing. Not about him and about the spectacle of it all could have been. Because he, he already played the guitar. He, 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 he did it twice already. Uh, we, so we didn't really need that. Make it a little like like they they do some sort of subversion of jokes in this. So subvert the scene where instead of Harry talking about Harry, it's yeah. people talking about Harry. Audience perspective for the Triwizard Tournament. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah. I'm trying. Here. I love that. And good Diana reference. I that's on my list of shows to cover one day. So Yay! call me. Call yeah. me. I'm ready. Oh, I'm, I'm so ready. I yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yay. Oh my <laughs> god, all the crossovers. Let's go. A snap click is like on all of my Broadway playlists. I it to me that is such a bomb. Oh, it's pretty pretty dress. Come on. Okay, fine. Anyway, wrong do, do I need to separate the two of you? Like, do we need to take a break? No, like, no. take a break. <laughs> Run away with us for the summer. Let's go upstate. I can't wait to do Hamilton. Sorry. I'm just like edging you with Hamilton. I know you're just going to need to. It's going to be your last episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My subtle, you know, like clap back is like in all of our episodes, I find a way to like Every insert. Single time. Yeah, it's. Uh, 
and I miss your face. Like I will literally just like put things in just to make Steven roll his eyeballs so we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> that moves us on swiftly into our table read section. Woo! And uh, work. What See, I does did it for you. there you go? See, thank uh, you, John. You go. Oh God, work, work. All uh, right, Eliza. Uh, I am so, Aunt Peggy. I'm the Aunt Peggy. I'm the guest. Come oh, on. oh, so okay. true. <laughs> Aunt Peggy, love it. <laughs> does a very Potter musical pass these tests considering the subject of women? I'm gonna say yes. Because there's a lot of female characters represented in the show, as well as female performers in the show. Both are separate entities, because, like, Draco's played by a woman, Crab is played by a woman, and then you have all these women that are delivering humor, as well as great performance music like singing performances sure i i absolutely agree actually and it's it's the whole entire spectrum of everything within that so you're seeing Mm -hmm. women not only just women but men all genders it's just it shows them in good lights bad lights weird lights fun lights yeah totally work lights Work, work lights, lights. Yeah. yes a ghost light yes oh and a ghost light yeah and a ghost light do we think it passed the tests of race see that's one that i i personally don't i mean that's hard for me because like we're dealing in a in a medium that doesn't really d- talk about race a lot and it's it's an entire you know culture that's that's built around things that are like your races are things like goblins and you know yeah. other like mythical things so like yeah. i mean i don't oh, know like see, i'm reading it as like people of color being oh no that is that yeah. is what we're, it we're is making, yeah, yeah. yeah right sorry that's what sorry i should have been more clear so no, like no they, no no but like i mean in terms of like species or different races within the fantasy world not really because there's yeah, only a, a really. dragon but right. they make references but they're not presented to us they aren't presented right. and like even as far as people of color like uh there's, no not really in this show there's two. Bellatrix, there's like two Bellatrix, yeah. uh yeah I, I mean and lavender yeah, Which they make the they make the they make joke that off color joke. Yeah, but yeah, it's a little yeah. hard. That's a like, hard. It's a hard thing. However, it's sort of the whole world itself. You, like I, I think I said this earlier, pure but pure bloods, mud bloods. Like it's a topic that we project onto cultural and race wars, quote unquote, these days. Right, so I, yeah. There was no Dean Thomas. There was no Patel sisters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, even like if, if you watch the movie, if you rewatch the movies, there's not really them. No, there's, there's a, not. A, a shit there's ton not. of white kids. Yeah. 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 There are a shit ton. So, yeah. So I would say, I'm not sure it passes that test. However, could it like, I, yeah, think, I think this is one of those shows. I would take it as it is. I don't really, I've always said, I honestly do not give two sh- who is cast as who, as long as they're talented. Yes. <laughs> Hundred percent. I don't. I, I'm still. I'm just a little concerned about the Cho Chang joke, though. Like, oh, hi, absolutely. Do you instead cast a woman of color to be Cho Chang, but still have the Southern twang, but then also have Lavender be an Asian woman? Yeah. Or the joke? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. That's that's a line that I would prefer not to tread. 
Yeah. If I were casting this show, like I, I mean, truly, if I was the director of this show, I would have cut that joke altogether because I don't yeah. necessarily think it has aged very well. But yeah, it was potentially crossing a line or just on the verge of crossing that line they in were, 2009. Yeah, they, they were they were tapping it with their toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and these days, since we have progressed as a society in a decade, I would say it is difficult yeah. uh, to allow it to continue. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, that should be looked at. Absolutely. That's cute. You put your so much fate in, into us progressing as a society. Oh, it's yeah. I, I, I like to live with rose colored glasses and pray and hope. But Stephen I, likes I, I to live dangerously. I don't, I don't believe it per se. But, you know, if you can't have hope, what do you have? Exactly. <laughs> Does it have representation, LGBTQIA plus, uh, at all? They're coded. It's not representation, like, blatantly being like, I'm my, I'm blah and I'm gay, you know? But, yeah. like, the Quirrell and Voldemort I think storyline is it's full coded, on for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there are definitely, like, things about it that you could that you could take as representation of that. But, yeah, it's not outrightly said and discussed closed that that is what this is yeah right. i also really like the gender bend of draco oh god so much so, so much. i mean it's not necessarily a representation but it shows a gender bend and you see that in a meta sort of way sure right. um which is interesting and just to be like oh it doesn't matter it's just heavily coded because they don't because for voldemort and quirrell they don't say it but like when you think uh, Voldemort and Bellatrix are about to like do it on the desk. Right. And they yeah. end up positioning themselves as if he were on the back of her head. Sure. So, right. May- like maybe, I, I mean, it's super heavily implied for sure. sure. But like, I want to put the emphasis on like the fact that it's so much. Implied. It's, like it's yeah. very, impl- even at the end when he comes back and he's like, I'm, I know I'm gone, but I'll always be like there in your heart or whatever he says. So So, yeah, it's almost like it gets points for pushing it so much in that coding, but it also gets negative points because it doesn't say it outright. Yeah. But like also, I don't know if you all caught this, but like when they were going to send Quirrell away and he was like, I guess we won't be doing that skating date or whatever he said, like we won't go skating or something like, Voldemort looks really sad, like really upset about everything. Aww. So it's kind of maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it but then it's it, it is one of those things doesn't need to be stated. Is it does it drive the storyline forward? Does it add anything to the story? No, it's Will Byers. Yeah. So so I'm yes. always just like you understand that. Yes, okay, Stranger great. Things. Yeah. I got you. I yeah, got right. you. Okay. Yeah. Would this story I mean does the story hold up without music this in its format on stage would it hold up without music i don't think so Mm -mm. i think you need the music yeah see the show we just covered i just said this too and i won't drop it because i don't the way that oh no this will this will have covered because we just covered toxic avenger the musical (gasps) i said this we did we covered the toxic avenger wait what song is it What's I have a song running in my head now because of this show. My big French it, boyfriend. No, the hot toxic love or whatever. It's yeah, hot yeah, toxic yeah. love. You bet. I have that. 
Uh, Hot Toxic Love. I love Bitch Slut Liar Whore. Oh, hell yeah. That's Steven's favorite song. Absolutely. Quick change song? Are you kidding me? Yes, of course. Did you cover the one that's on Broadway HD? Yep. Don't get me wrong. Love Nancy Opal on the cast album, but... That woman who did it on Broadway HD. She was fire. Just fire. Yep. Amazing. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I feel like this this show is one of those ones that like, I mean, although the campiness of it could possibly push the story forward. It's just like I I would fully just watch a farce because like a cursed child is is a cursed child a musical. No, no. So, I mean, like I'd watch a farce of Harry Potter. Well, so. Are we also cutting the songs that are sung in universe? Because like, uh, I like, mean, like the song that Harry would sing to Ginny in jest because that he's really writing for Cho. Maybe right, not. Yes. Because that's okay. part of the story. But as, yeah, that know. one, that one I feel like needs to be done. And then like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like maybe, but like I would, I, I, I would be a little upset if I knew that there was a musical version about it. There was more it. music, yeah. So sure. I don't know. I think I would say yes. You're kind of a maybe. What do you think, Mary? I, I mean, I think the answer is no, because like, I, I feel like, uh, it, it reminds me a lot of um, uh, Puffs. So I appreciated Puffs as a show. I would not watch this without the music because I think that for me personally, the music gave a lot of really pretty moments for me and a lot of moments of connection between your cast. And so I really liked it. I do not know if I would reach for this if it did not have music. That's fair. Would the Coral Voldemort connection be there if they didn't have their fun little songs together? Exactly. Right. Or like, you know, hearing Ginny Belt, like, come on. Oh, girl, what pipes? Let's go. Oh, God. Such a voice. On a scale of... (laughs) Well, you missed missed a question. Oh, I did. I sure did. I sure did. Take two. Could it change era, time, or decade? I mean, there is... We talked about this already. There isn't a specific time mentioned. Yeah. So, like, sure. Why not? (laughs) Let's make it the 80s. Let's cross this with Xanadu and see what happens. Love right. it. Let's or let's it. let's set it in the year 5000. Like, yeah. who cares? Love it. Yeah. Sure. Perfect. It'll still work because it's magic. It's yeah. already some fictitious place and a fictitious story. So yeah, yeah. there's it's nothing. Not, it's not like the Hobbit musical where that has a specific look to it. Yes. Yeah. We're like, this is like they're in school uniforms the whole time. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. Then this will be way interesting. Amateur or professional scale of one to 10. Where does this land? I'm really excited to hear John's answer. I want to know. Okay. So wait a second. Amateurs, one professional is 10. Yes. Yep. I want to put it at a four. That seems like a solid rating. I feel because because like it's definitely middling. Like, as their first entry into yeah. becoming what they are now. Sure. I, f- I find, like, they did a lot of work. There are some solid jokes there. Like Stephen has been saying on both podcasts, it's too college Yeah. So I truly think this lives, as is what is out for the world to view, lives in a complete amateur setting. And while it was probably hard for them to put it up because there was more steps because they were creating it as they were going. If I was handed this script and what had script? to put it and had to put it right. <laughs> exactly. What and had to script? put it on. Yeah. Like I'm going to go like three. 
yeah, like this this wouldn't be hard. Like I don't, I don't think it's two or or one. I don't think yeah. it's that. No, no, no. But it's I, not, I definitely it's not, quite not towards the professional side but yet. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going solid three. That's where I would live. This would not be hard for to put on in my mind for for anything. So for me, I feel like this. I mean, I agree with you guys completely. But you know, I I mean, just to split the midline, I'd probably say between you know three point five. Like it's it's definitely something where for a college level production, like if you've got somebody who knows how to tap, like it's a great opportunity to kind of show off your skills and be able to do that thing. Um, there are some really pretty harmonies in the show that if you don't nail, could hit a little flat or a little sharp, and that that could throw off some dynamics. Um, but I mean, like as far as a technical perspective. Like their sets were absolutely rudimentary. The costumes, as we have said, like they ripped off Pirates of Penzance for the for the Yule Ball, and right. so they threw up and they threw together some stuff. But but imagine putting this up on like a the Schubert. Like, what would that be? Like, if you had a million dollars to like throw at the show, would it lose anything? So there was a show that my friend and I saw not the, uh, a couple of years ago. I believe it's called Bedbugs, where a lot of their <sighs> props were things like a shoebox and and like a, a paper cylinder. They made it into like a camera, a video camera and everything. Sure. So I feel like you can do things like that for this show. Yeah. Like do a little more found objects or make it make like a 3d thing instead. What they did was fine as like yeah, first yeah, yeah. draft. Sure. For sure. Of course. I don't know what they would do with a million dollars at the shoot. Uh, yeah. I have no, like that would be interesting almost to be like, how would you up this? <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, uh, and then I, I like to combine these two last questions 50 years from now. Will it still be being staged and would it need to be shown to aliens? Well, I mean, the students of pig farts, I think, might enjoy it. They might. Uh, <laughs> they actually <laughs> might. Be like, look, we're represented. Yay! Um, <laughs> the alien part, the alien part of your question is a little hard because you have to then understand the lore understand yeah. everything. So that's going to be a little difficult, but I feel like the show might still be going on in 50 years because. Harry Potter will still be going. Harry on. Potter will still sure, be going on. Yeah. So uh, that's. But, but I mean, I I can't think of anything else culturally that has happened so big like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, like that. Those sort of level cultural identities, essentially. Sure. That that were as big that were created into something. I I can't think of anything right. in the last. 60 years maybe this is just like a first iteration of something that will transform into something else who knows if cursed child would have existed if they didn't try this at first like that's true yeah that's fair it's good for any like any audiences mm -hmm. especially especially if you love harry potter i would say at least watch it if you can like take a good joke about it yeah, sure. Yeah, you have to be able to take away your absolute adoration and love for this show yeah. and let let some of that guard down to accept some of the jokes that are being told. Yes. Yeah. But the aliens will not understand it unless they understand Harry Potter. Yeah. Or are from pig farts. Yes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to say I don't think this will be being staged as it is. So 
Therefore, I have to say no. I don't think it will be. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. That's not part of the question, though. Oh. Well, 50 years from now, will it still be being staged? So no, but no. 50 but years from now, this you will added, be staged. You added as it is. Like, they they are still doing edits to a lot of her, these revivals that are coming back on Oh, Broadway that's uh, totally, that's totally, totally So fair. I feel but, like... But the, you would have to edit like half the show would be gone is it then still its show i don't know wicked is two and a half hour two two hours and 45 minutes so is uh phantom but phantom, they but are long ass shows but the basicness of all those plot points and lines and things have not changed right but like, like as revivals come onto the scene all the time and then things are edited based on what is now PC or what is culturally appropriate or what things, you know, a didn't age well or things that have shifted, you know, over time. So I think 50 years from now, will this be being staged? I just, I don't think so. I think this will kind of be forgotten. I feel like this needs the Shakespeare bridged approach. Do you, do you guys know the show? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah. The complete works. Of, yeah. So like you, for those of you who don't know who are listening, um, within the first few pages of the script before you get into like any of the script, they're like, update the jokes if you need to. Cause like we wrote this at this time. So I feel like that's what this show needs, but I Shakespeare bridge. That's only a two person show, right? Three, three. There we go. Yes. Well, I guess final thoughts on this amazing. Well, did Mary uh, answer the questions? You're so quiet. I know. She's just enjoying our banter. I really (laughs) am. Like it just, it was, it was a great moment just to, you know, cause like I'm usually the one that does not challenge Steven. And so like to have somebody who was like, ah, ah, wait, you said a thing. Like it was, I was just sitting here eating popcorn metaphorically, (laughs) just watching it. It was amazing. I know. I'm Um, slowly teaching her how to be confrontational towards me. Yeah. I still don't know because like I'm still in a healthy way, very afraid of my best friend. So there you go. Are you sure you're not a Hufflepuff? Uh, you know what's funny is like I have puff tendencies, but I'm a Slytherin in all other ways, and okay. in all other ways that count. But okay, so I mean, 50 years from now, I, as much as I would love to say that I would like this show to continue to be seen, I mean, I feel like it will be that thing where like a college is going through their, you know, their archives and they're going through, and somebody handed a script to them at some point, and and they were like, oh my god, like this is a great showcase, like let's do this show do i ever think this will hit broadway probably not do i think it will hit off broadway probably not um this is going to be something that will be like in you know community theaters or college theaters like it's a great introduction to theater if you've never done theater and if you're a potter nerd and you're trying to connect with people i think it's great in that way I do not. I Yeah, I think 50 years, like, there are going to be larger and bigger things that will probably take the spotlight. And this will kind of go into the the Rolodex of, you know, shows that once were. Um, I absolutely do not think that if we needed to show aliens a, you know, staple of our theatrical <laughs> culture... I do not think this would make the cut because A, I don't think aliens would understand Harry Potter. B, I don't think they would understand sarcasm or parody. And I think they would go, if this is really the pinnacle of your theatrical, you know, like uh, endeavors, then they would they would pity us, I feel. So yeah, I think the answer is no and no, but I'm, am I sad that I watched it? No, like I thought there were great things that I took from it, but... Uh, yeah, that's, those are my, that's my final. Well then, well then this will beg a question. This is like an extra add on to this. <gasps> oh God. Uh, do you think Harry Potter is going to be relevant in 50 years? Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be like, 
how Lord of the Rings are for some families. Oh yeah, it, that'll can, it'll like I mean, my sister's a great example. Like she she started with Harry Potter. She will continue Harry Potter with her daughter, which will be at least you know eighteen years in the future. And then if her daughter continues, it will be another. And I think that for certain people, I mean, look at the cons that we have, and look at the things that that when it, when a new Harry Potter movie was coming out, you had people that were absolutely in cosplay, and this is a way of life for them. So I I absolutely feel like that this is a it is a franchise that will absolutely stand the test of time. That's fair, because I I think like Lord of the Rings, when you bring that up, like I was introduced to Lord of the Rings with those old cartoons films. Yeah, absolutely. So then it reiterated into these, which is a whole new generation. And then, yeah. So who knows what's what's up next? I mean, like, I know it not fantasy based, but like there are other things that I know my parents introduced to me that like I'm not having kids, but like I would introduce to my yeah. younger relatives or something potentially same or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but also to a point that Mary made about the show being put on by community theaters, this is a show that has 17 to 19 actors in it. You can yeah. have that plus. Yes. So I feel like this is a good show where it's like, they're going to the catalog and they're like, we have all these people. We need something. What major. do we do? Let's do this one. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So Cute. that's it. That's the last thing I wanted to say. <laughs> so yeah, final thoughts then on a very Potter musical. John, I'll let very. you go. It's a great stepping stone that star kid definitely had i think this is a great like first step to what would become star kid productions because knowing their other shows knowing their humor seeing them become like amateur to professional because they mary spoiler alert they do become very professional with their shows even though Love there's it. still like a lot of lot of like those three dollar and a handshake budget feels <laughs> to it sure i yeah, I I like it. I recommend it to anyone and everyone, especially if you are in that Venn di- the middle of that Venn diagram of like musical theater nerd and Harry Potter nerd. Like yeah, yeah, this, yeah. if you sure. haven't watched this already, I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> I, I'll get I'll get my shame bell out, even though I've never seen Game of Thrones. I'll get my shame bell out and shout shame behind you. Shame. I love shame. it. Wait, none of us have subscribed to game of thrones nope uh, oh you i no. think i'm the only one me too nope nope amazing well perfect well now we're nice. bonded for life <laughs> yes! I, I mean think... it's a badge of honor at this point it really Most is yeah. 100 yes well mary final thoughts what uh what do you think of a very potter musical oh my goodness i as somebody who has seen the films and read the books i thought there were some really excellent moments that were uh, very campy in a great way. There were some cringy moments for me, not only as an actor, but as a stage manager. Um, but I think overall, like, am I sad that I watched, you know, that I took two and a half hours to watch it? No, because there were a lot of really good things. Will I watch this production of it again? Probably not. And if it ever makes it to Broadway HD, I'll probably rewatch it. But I think I mean, it's it, on YouTube for free. Come on. Yes, yeah, I know yeah. it's on. <laughs> yes, of course. It's definitely a good show. It's good for those people who love the world because um, I think they'll get a lot out of it. And I think for a for an amateur production with college students, they they actually did very well. And I think it is something they should be proud of for sure. I'm not sure if Dumbledore is a student or a professor. 
Either that, way, Dumbledore in his in his tight ass shirt was delightful. <laughs> no, 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 because like I mean, we keep calling them all students, but I'm not sure if they if all the were. guy was, who played Dumbledore was actually a yeah. student at the so college. So I'll back that up then. And then it, 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 no, 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 no. I'm just saying this as now a thought where I was just right. like, oh wait. Oh wait! Oh, hold he up! Might be the, he might be the faculty advisor or sure, something. Sure. Something. All right, oh, Stephen. Yeah. What about you, babe? What What are your final I, thoughts? Truly, I. You know, uh, I think I can re- only reiterate. I think it was a great start for Starkid Productions. I think it was something sure. so bold to take on. First off, to try to battle the ins and outs of not <laughs> copyright infringing anything, sure. but also calling out something uh, that is so beloved and making fun of it. But I think people can, you know, prescribe to that in a lot of ways. And so I, I think if you can't laugh at something you love, do you really love it? Right. Yeah. So for sure. yeah, I, I think this show shows that perfectly. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm not upset. I watched it. Uh, do I wish, only the best for it in the future, yes. Uh, but I probably won't ever again unless, you know, I need to show someone something specifically. And I'm excited to continue the journey into the sequels, so. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, I think that that brings us right to the end of the show. And so I, John, thank you so much for spending time with us tonight. This was super fun. Uh, really oh quickly. Oh my God, I'm so, glad, I'm so glad that I was a guinea pig for y'all. Yeah, this yeah. has been incredible. And uh, really quickly, can you just plug again uh, your show and your socials and where people can find you? Oh yeah, so I've got two podcasts. One is called Movie Deja Vu, uh, where we're on Instagram and Facebook at Movie Deja Vu Pod, and we're on Twitter at Movie Deja Vu. No pod because I don't remember why. Um, Fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then my other one, Life's But a Song, which y'all have graciously been on as guests, um, is all socials at But a Song Pod. I will send you all the links so you can probably put it in the show notes. Perfect. Fabulous. Sure will. We absolutely will. Oh my gosh, this has been so fun. And this has been another episode of. From the top! It was a Wandering Unicorn production. What's your Patronus? I don't remember. I can't. I think it was a dog. I'm some like stupid mangy bobcat or something. Oh, well then I get to totally trump this entire group. My Patronus is a stag. You're a wizard, Mary. You're...